I said that at the beginning, but it's, it's good to be with you. It's nice to be here with you all. And uh, as I, I start out, uh, I just want to say that some of you I know, some of you I've met before, spent some time with, and others of you I'm, I'm just some, some guy, some new guy. And that's cool, I, I can be that. Uh, I, when I was in seminary, I went to uh, Garrett uh, down in Evanston, and uh, we attended here. And that was about, uh, <laughs> we left in 2010, so it's been, it's been a while. And, uh, but it's good to be back and just to make connection. And, and to be honest with you, that would be my need right now as I give a sermon. It's just that we all gather around God's word, the good news, and we hear what God has to speak to us today. So there's this book that I've read to all of my children. It's one of those little cardboard books. You know what I'm saying? With the thick cardboard. It's called We're Going on a Bear Hunt. You know that one? We're Going on a Bear Hunt? Young, young parents, anybody here with me? Okay, here's how it goes. Uh, it's highly repetitive. Every section is the same uh, as they journey through the bear hunt. By the way, if my kids are watching, hi. They might be, they might be out there somewhere. Here's how the book goes. Here's how the book goes. We're going on a bear hunt. We're going to catch a big one. It's a beautiful day. We're not scared. Uh-oh. And here's where the book changes. It's always something different. Uh-oh, a deep, cold river. We can't go over it. We can't go under it. Oh, no. We've got to go through it. And the book follows that same progression. They go through a snowstorm. They go through a mud patch. They go through a, a dark forest. <clears throat> it's funny. They eventually find the bear, and then when they wake up the bear, they spend the rest of the book running away from it, going back into their homes. <laughs> and they, they sneak under the bed, get under the covers, and then, then they say, we're not going on a bear hunt again. Okay? Now, what I find interesting about this book is... Uh, maybe Ryan will like this. It's an introduction to literary theory. It's an introduction to literary theory. It's, it's, it has this, in, in a miniature form, this arc of kind of every story. I'm going to go do this amazing thing. Oh, no, this is way more difficult than I ever could have imagined. I quit. I give up. I'm going home. <laughs> or, or if, when it's the good stories... The, the characters figure something out. They persevere th through it, and they're changed by the end of it. Uh, but I, I like how this little story shows kids that life is not going to be what you expect. Your journey is going to be something a lot, a rather more difficult than you expected. So, so take a look at our scripture passages here today. We have Abraham and Sarah receiving the promise of a child in their old age. And then we have the disciples sent, off, sent out by Jesus, blessed, commissioned, going off into the villages of Judea. I often perceive that, that passage, uh, I think, it, like in my own life, if you were to ask me, how do I approach that scripture? It's one of a, 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 an amazing a call from Jesus to do incredible things. It's victorious. But I read this passage quite differently as I was preparing for the sermon today, which I was actually kind of scared for them. <laughs> you know, the, the passage, I'm sending you out as, as sheep among wolves. 
the difficulties that they would face. Would I be able to endure it? Uh, I, I think about this. Like if I was one of the disciples, I'd be looking around and be saying, me, Jesus, and, and these guys? <laughs> You're sending us out. Are you serious? I, I want you to ponder the difficulty of that. Uh, one of my jobs, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a teacher, I teach online classes for a, a Christian school, but I also have another little side job as a, as a chaplain, and I do a, a weekly Sunday worship service at a, at a retirement community. It's called Bickford. Do you have Bickford around here? Anybody here? To, they, you know, they, you go and live in an assisted living facility, and I do a, I do a Sunday worship service, and I've preached to them on this passage from Genesis, you know, the, 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 the angel of the Lord comes to Abraham and Sarah and proclaims that they will have a child. You know, the, 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 the older folks that I preach to, nobody has ever said, yeah, I would do that. <laughs> they don't, they don't want to take me up on the whole, you know, you're in your 80s and your 90s, anybody want to get pregnant? Can you imagine? Not a single one of them ever says Yes. They laugh at me, and they kind of go, yeah, that is, that is something else. They know. They understand. They have the weight of the years upon them. They have the wisdom. They've endured. Most of them have had children, and they don't want to do it again. And I also want you to imagine, though, the sorrow of Abraham and Sarah of not having children and what they had to endure. I'm bringing this, all this up to, to ask you to ponder what does it mean to be on the journey that God has us on? In all of the things in life that, we, that come up that we don't expect to happen to us and the things that we have to endure. Um, now, I, I, have a, I have a question for you. Uh, it's a basic question. It's this. Where are you at in your own journey? Where are you at today, sitting here right now? Uh, you could answer that in probably many, many different ways. But before I, I ponder that just a little bit further, I, I want to pause and look at our passage from Paul in Romans. Okay? Uh, Paul is giving us this amazing picture of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, to be a disciple of Jesus. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to point out the end of this, this passage, or kind of towards the end of it. What does Paul desire for us? What does he calling us to as followers of Jesus? It's this. We are to be people filled with hope. Isn't that great? To be a people filled with hope? We are to be a people to have the love of God poured out upon us. Does anybody want that for your own self? Right? Uh, there was this one lady in, um, in, in the senior living facility. She was bent over with osteoporosis. She had suffered a stroke um, and she, she's now passed away. But you know what? Every, every time when I did Bible study with, with them, she said, every day I wake up and I say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And, and you know, she was a, a Baptist lady, so she didn't do liturgy. She didn't understand liturgy. But that was her liturgy, to wake up every day. And I, I, I felt, you know, she was waking up every day in the presence of God, in the joy of the Lord. There was hope despite her suffering. So, what, what, what is Paul calling us to? We are to be a people filled with hope, a people with the love of God poured out upon us. We are have to have the Holy Spirit guiding us. We are to be conformed to the image of Christ. And we are to know the will of God so we can best love God and our neighbor. 
So to know God's love is also to know God's will. But I want to back up just a little bit. What does it say here? Because there's this middle passage in our, in our Romans passage that, that kind of it gives me pause. Okay? What does it say? It says that uh, before we can have that hope, uh, we have to have character. And how do we get character? We have to have perseverance or endurance. And how do we get that perseverance and endurance? We suffer. Kind of like a kid's book. Maybe I should do that. I should write that kid's book. It starts off with suffering, ends with hope, ends with God's love. But isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting how there's that progression? Uh, We want to be hope-filled. We want to have God's love poured out on our hearts. But there's that process beforehand that we have to endure. And so that's why I want to ask you this morning, where are you at in your own journey? Where are you at in the journey of your life? I, I know Redeemer has been on a journey. It's been a, it's been a struggle. I also know that looking out here today, there is countless in, uh, amount of struggles and sufferings that you've, you've all had to endure. Uh, if I, if I were to chat with you after church, you could share with me your own sufferings, your own struggles. I could share with you my own, the things I've been through in my own life, in my family's life over the, the past several years. We could have a time, couldn't we? Right? Uh, I am 41 years old, and I still haven't figured suffering out. I still haven't figured pain out. I still don't understand it. Isn't life perplexing? the weight of it all. Isn't it interesting? I think as I've gotten older, what I've really begun to, to realize is, and, I, and I, I, it's like a mystery in, in the same sense of, of, of embracing the mystery of God's love, embracing the mystery of pain. Yeah. I think one thing that really actually brought it home to me, the mystery of pain, because does anybody here like, actually like pain? I was curious, yeah. I don't. I run away from it, Right? I run away from suffering. But something, I actually was listening to a podcast recently, and they had a a psychologist on there, and how um, she was analyzing how, as a modern society, we're we're addicted to pleasure. And, uh, you know, one of the things that she phrased it as is we have have this this little, you know, um, addiction machine in our pockets uh, of our phones. That, that, that they've actually recorded like dopamine levels and, and how it relates to drug use and drug abuse. And it's just fascinating, right? And we as a society are, are addicted to pleasure. And what she was saying is, is that pain is always associated with pleasure. That they actually, the, the same uh, our, our receptors in our brain are in the same places. And our bodies are always seeking equilibrium. And so in the midst of pleasure, there's always a come down. Or in the midst of pain, then we seek pleasure once again. Uh, and and here's, the, here's the thing that really brought it home to me. As somebody who doesn't like suffering, it's exercise. Simple physical activity. Uh, the breaking down of our bodies. The pain that we endure. Oh, it's worth it. <laughs> oh, it's, it's worth it to endure that suffering. Um, and so as I per, uh, uh, contemplate what suffering means, and I, don't, I still don't understand it, I can see that there are opportunity after opportunity, moment after moment in life, that actually suffering is a good. It even sounds strange to say it, but I think it's true. 
I just want you to ponder that, and I want you to ponder about your own journey again. Where are you at? Um, All of this reminds me of another passage in Romans. Allow me to read it to you. It's from Romans 12. It's very well known. It's very well known. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. What I hear in this passage, and as, I was, I was, as it was recalled to me as I was preparing this message, is the progress, the journey of knowing God, of becoming holy, of becoming a saint, is that there's no quick and easy fix. Just like me in exercise, if I want to get in shape. And my, my wife has told me this. She's like, Chris, there's no, there's no easy fix. You don't wake up and your body's in the shape you want it to be. You have to show up every day. And, uh, you know, one, one thing I think is interesting, I, I'll make a note of this. I'm on, I'm on Redeemer's email list. And I appreciate the fact that you have midweek prayer right? And you encourage it. I think you probably don't do it over the summer, do you? You still do it. See, you still do it, right? The way that we keep going and we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, it's these little things. The ways that we serve each other, the ways that we come around each other, that's how we keep showing up. And we endure the sufferings, endure the struggles together. And what I find really, really hopeful in that passage from Romans 12 is as we do, as we keep showing up, as we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice to God, we know his will. We discern God's will together. What are we best called to do? And I see you doing that here. It's it's encouraging, even though I often worship with you from afar. It's encouraging to see how God is working and moving through you. Uh, Every summer, I teach a a book club for my online school, and uh, I've typically done like a J.R.R. Tolkien book club, and I'm doing that again uh, this summer. One of the things I like to ask my students is, who are you in Middle Earth? It's like a fun thought experiment. Like, are you a hobbit? Are you an elf? Are you an orc? Please don't say orc. Uh, (laughs) Are you a wizard? Are you a dwarf, right? There's all the, the peoples of Middle Earth. There's Ents. There's, there's, you know, there's lots of characters to choose from. I inevitably end up saying, yeah, I'm, I'm, I know I'm tall, but I'm a hobbit, okay? I'm a tall hobbit. And I think the reason that I do that is because uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, I, as far as, I, as we know, patterned hobbits off of good English country folk, Right? You know, it's like, it's the people that he grew up around. They, they, um, <clears throat> they, they live a simple life. They have this kind of uh, small community life. They love the pleasures of life. And I, I kind of see myself in that. Uh, when Gandalf shows up in front of Bilbo Baggins' house, one of the things that it says about him is that he had grown comfortable and fat. He'd grown comfortable and set in his ways. And uh, there's even an interesting passage, if anybody has ever read a book called Unfinished Tales. It talks about Gandalf and what he saw when when he approached Bilbo. And I often think, like, yeah, I I see myself in that. I've grown comfortable. um, I want to have a closed-off life. I don't want to be uh, forced into situations of doing things that I don't like. 
And yet, in this story, just like on going on a bear hunt, just like Abraham, is God calls us to something else. And if you read the, the story, if you read the story of the Hobbit and most any other good story, you see this journey of the characters enduring their own suffering of being drawn outside themselves. So I, I want to invite you to think about that and ponder that with me today. <clears throat> Anybody ever read Dante's Divine Comedy? I'm not really a big fan. <laughs> but what's interesting is, I, I've read it this year and I taught it in one, in, in one of my courses. The, the, the passage of the Divine Comedy that reminded me the most of reality was Purgatory. Because it's this upward progression of the people and all that they had to endure as they were made holy. And they had to suffer. <laughs> and I think Dante has a weird thing with suffering, but I, that's, that's a conversation for another day. Uh, but I think, I, I, let, let us ponder again as, as, I, as I close here, Paul's words. What do we want out of life? And where are we at in our own journey? Again, Paul paints this picture of the life in Christ as one that's filled with hope. And it's one where God is, God's love is poured out on our lives. God's grace and mercy is poured out on us. And that we would be a people that know how to move in the Holy Spirit and that we know God's good and perfect will. Now, we're not perfect at that. We, it, that's why it takes this everyday progression we join together in daily prayer. We come together in worship today. And in the midst of that, like the disciples, we're called to go out into the world and to endure suffering as we raise up this good news that Jesus is calling us to, to speak and live out. But it's not easy. So that's my prayer for myself, that I want to be this person, somebody filled with hope, somebody with God's love poured out on, on, on me, to know God's good and perfect will. And my prayer is that we would know that all together. Uh, I'm going to go home. I'm going to go home to, 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 to Peoria. You're going to go to your own places. It's Father's Day. We have things to do. But my prayer is that we would be filled with God's love and hope and we would know and discern his will together. So with that, I leave it to you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.